Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is Simon Sweetman, I'm your host, and this is episode 19. I had a chat with Tammy Nielsen. Now, Tammy's a Canadian country singer-songwriter, performer. Um, she's been living in New Zealand for sort of the last decade or so, and in fact, she she's kind of reinvented herself as a, as a New Zealand musician, as a, a, you know, a woman with a career in music in New Zealand. And what I mean by that is... Uh, we, I didn't know much of her story actually until we met and chatted. It was great. It's the first time I've met her, um, and uh, and she was lovely to chat to. She's got an incredible story. So I, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but you know she was a child star in Canada, part of a family band. She travelled around uh, and and got to meet her heroes and play and play music with them, open for them, share stages with them. We're talking about country music royalty here. Uh, so we talked about all that, and then we talked about her moving to New Zealand uh, for love, of course, and starting a family and having to start a career again. Now I've got a sort of an interesting. Um, history with her in that I, I absolutely hated her first album and 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 said so and she wrote to me about that and we had a little bit of a dialogue and then a few years later you know there was another album that I liked a, a little bit more than that and and then she released in the last couple of years she's released two of my favorite albums just seemed to come from out of nowhere really I just thought they were amazing and I thought she was amazing as a result and, and obviously said so in reviews and so she sort of got in touch with me about that to thank me for those. But it was nice to have this kind of dialogue with an artist. You know, she brought up in the conversation that I'd put her on the worst of the year list one year. And at the end, I was able to sort of say to her, um, I think this is the longest I've ever talked to anyone whose album I hated. Um, and uh, yeah, so we had a fun chat. We had a really fun chat. And I, I, I couldn't recommend her music enough, the stuff that she's doing now. And probably I should go back and listen to that early stuff and see what I think of it now. And maybe one day I will. Maybe you already have and maybe you dig it. But certainly the albums she's done the last couple of years, I thoroughly recommend. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing her play live again and, and chatting to her because she was great to talk to. And I hope you enjoy this. It's my conversation with Tammy Nielsen. So you seem to be playing a lot. Yeah, well, I guess it. You know, you go through seasons. Yeah. And as you would know, as a parent, it's kind of uh, you can't do anything impulsively anymore. Yeah, you have, to, you plan have to be everything. Yeah, getting out of the house requires takes twenty years. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then you've got two, so <laughs> yeah, it's just they they say it gets you know literally twice as hard. Like mm. it, it, simple getting out of the house is oh god, simple at all. like having one it, now looking back, it felt like a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> you know, wow. if one of them is with Nana and you have just one, you're like, oh my god, I, I, let's go to the Bahamas. Like yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> um, so I, I guess like we we haven't. Um, most of the people I've talked to on the podcast I've sort of met before and we haven't really met we met last night very briefly at, very yeah. briefly at your show because you had agreed to come around here so I thought um, and I, I don't actually know a whole lot about you and what you've got up to really I, I, I know a little bit and so I thought maybe we could you have what I know you have a pretty interesting story so <laughs> uh, if you can indulge me let's let's start at the start because I quite often say to people oh so you know when did you discover music and did you have a bit of a musical family and 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 a lot of people go not really you know like no oh you know and they they got to music through friends or their parents were supportive and bought them a guitar or whatever at some point and that's how they got or they or their parents collected records and they got through their parents record collection 
but you did come from a music fa- you do come <laughs> yeah. from a musical family so tell me about that oh I guess I was I, was, I guess doomed from the beginning um, yeah. <laughs> you know I grew up surrounded by music my dad was a musician from the time he was uh, nine years old his first band uh, he was in I guess he joined when he was 13 um, called the Volcanoes and they were um, you know 19 classic 1960s kind of rock pop band um, opened for you know the Supremes and Bobby Darin because they lived dad grew up in Sarnia which is right across the border from Detroit mm, mm. so very influenced by kind of you know the whole Motown scene yeah and had some great great opportunities growing up there and so I you know I had this dad that was already steeped in music and he lived and breathed music so and he made a living off it yeah from the time he was a kid yeah um you know I think he dropped out of school don't do this at home kids yeah um (laughs) dropped out of school when he was yeah 14 and was a musician his entire life wow yeah and then my mom was um a bit different. She did have a bit of music in her background. Um, you know, her her uh, grandfather had like the local kind of pipe band or something. You know, very different side of yeah. music. But my dad's family, all almost all of them, are musical, mm. and so I guess that tradition carried on. My mom was a school teacher when she met my dad, and she used to swap her music class for another teacher's geography class because she was terrified to yeah. sing in front of people. And um, she met my dad, and he said, well, instead of going on tour and leaving you behind, I'd much rather you be in the band and uh, sing some backing vocals. And right. she's like, oh, no, 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 terrified. And he said, you've got a beautiful voice. What, what are you afraid of? You know. And so it took years for her to build up her confidence, but it was you know a decade, a, near a decade of them touring um, all over Canada um, before we came along. Yeah, right. And um, and Mom used to always say she really envied us because she said, you've never experienced stage fright. You've never yeah, had to overcome that. Born into it. And yeah, just... like you're on stage is like being in the lounge. So yeah. you very much grew up at the side of the stage and then on stage. Yeah. You were just, and, and so this is whereabouts. This is Canada, but whereabouts... Mm-hmm. In Canada, Ontario, Toronto yep. specifically is yep. where I was born and raised. But from I guess the time I was um, eleven or twelve is when we decided to make it full time as a family band, uh, which was a big decision. You know, I look back now as a parent. Yeah. Now I think God, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> incre- yeah, it's either incredibly brave or incredibly crazy. Yeah. But probably a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was actually because we used to go out on the weekends. My dad, at that point, when we all came along and mom, you know, started popping out the babies and couldn't travel anymore, dad became a professional comedian, single, you know, solo act. Yeah. And uh, so that he did that full time and had a really successful career with that. And um, then as soon as we kind of got old enough to, you know, talk, not even, <laughs> I was singing before I could talk. There's actually footage of me, I was probably about 18 months, you know, at one of my dad's gigs, getting up on stage with him and playing uh, and singing. And yeah, I could barely talk, but I was singing songs. Wow. But that's just, that's how we we grew up. And um, yeah, so by the time we kind of hit 11, 12, we'd started doing 
very much in the tradition of you know gospel roots family, um, which is more common, I guess, in North America than yeah, it is yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah. Um, but people like the Staples Singers or the Carter family, you know, that tradition of uh, family singing gospel. And for us, it was also a very practical thing because you know we weren't old enough to play in certain venues, yeah, yeah. pubs, or and you know who wants to go out and party to you know, 10 year olds, um, singing with their parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, the very obvious choice was to be doing tours of, uh, churches and, um, festivals that were either folk or country kind of based yeah. gospel festivals and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and so how many siblings and how many people involved in the family band? Uh, just mum and dad and then my two brothers. Yeah. So I'm the oldest and yeah. then Jay's a year younger and then Todd was the baby six years younger. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so how long did you um, do what you were told and be part of the family band? <laughs> and and when did you go, you know, if, if you're sort of born into singing, which you were, and performing, um, when do you develop any sort of idea that, you could do something different than just what mum and dad are doing. Mm. Or even as a listener, like, because I imagine you were heavily, I want to say controlled. Um, Sheltered. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 things were, you were learning tunes, and um, that becomes what you listen to. So when did you develop a musical taste of your own? Oh, I think that that happened, I mean, obviously that foundation of the music that I still listen to you know, most people go to school and you're heavily influenced by your peers and mm. by what's popular on the radio. Mm, mm. Whereas I grew up listening to my dad and mom's generation of music. So yeah. that's the music I love and I still love, you know, so so the Beatles and, mm. and Patsy Cline and Dolly Parton and uh, Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, Judy Garland, you know, all of the mm. those were my pop stars. Yeah, those yeah. were my idols. And... Um, kind of didn't really think about the fact that they that's, were actually that, that's a bit probably different. dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did, and <clears throat> but you weren't around, you were around a lot of adults rather than a lot of kids. Yeah, it was just So really, you didn't have those awkward conversations of, mm, I like Patsy Klein, and they go, what, is that? what is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or I don't like new kids on the block. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm... Like, I listened to my parents' records growing up, so I had a point in school where I definitely felt like I listened to um, music that a lot of my friends didn't, and perhaps I turned some of them onto mm. some of those 60s and 70s records and jazz and so forth, but but I was also listening to MC Hammer Every and Nirvana yeah. and, you know, and the stuff that was big when I was a teenager and, and, a, little, and a little kid before that, you know. Mm. not new kids on the block but not far off it you know yeah, some of the yeah. some of the things you cringe at I mean our first tape I bought was Rick Astley you know so, <laughs> so, <gonna>. yeah yeah <laughs> so gonna, so I might I might like to tell someone that you know my all-time favorite record is Abbey Road or Pet Sounds but, but one, really. one of the things that shaped me in some sense is Rick <laughs> Astley I know I always yeah, yeah. dread that question because they're oh what was yeah. your first album and that's so like Oh God! You know it's not going to be cool at yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's going to be what someone else was listening to, yeah. and you wanted to keep up with them, or exactly, whatever. You know, yeah. <laughs> so you you wouldn't have had a lot of that though interactions with people your age around. Not a heck of a lot. I mean, obviously, we we were still exposed to 
you know, what was on the top 40 in popular culture. and mm. But that was very kind of background noise compared to what... But what's it like... Um, you grew up in Canada, so I... <laughs> How um, how do you receive things there? Is it is it very much there's there's, there's stuff that ha- happening locally, but then is it very much uh, United States of America stuff too, or is there you know like I think growing up here we got British stuff, American stuff, mm-hmm. and, and Australian stuff, um, and then whatever's happening in New Zealand too, which is sort of back then was like a crude version of all of those right. things. Did so w- was there much in terms of British influences or even pop cultural things happening, or was it very North American? I a very, I would say predominantly North American. Um, you know, since moving to New Zealand, the British influence here is a lot heavier. Mm. Um, however, Canada is, I mean, it's a little bit more of a happy medium because we still, we are British Commonwealth, and so yeah, we do yeah, get yeah, a bit of that yeah. um, as well. But... Um, you know, even your radio stations, everything is coming from the States yeah. because that's your frequencies are yeah, still yeah, yeah. reaching across the border, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, so, yeah, I would say much more hev- heavily influenced by the yeah, yeah. Yeah. States. Yeah. Well, as you say, you've got those places like Detroit or whatever that are actually closer to maybe where you're living in Canada than other parts of Canada. You yeah. Know, like, oh, so, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And even Nashville. Yeah, yeah. It's not that far away. You yeah, know, yeah. All of, all of those those musical hubs yeah. are yeah, closer than British Columbia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, so how long does that carry on for? you? That's, that's your life in the family band for how long? Oh, a good decade yeah. um, from the time, yeah, I was about 12, and we were on the road pretty much full time until my early 20s. And what sort of shows are you doing? Like, Well, it started out, as I said, like very kind of gospel-oriented, but yeah. once we kind of become old enough, you know, when we were... I guess when I was about 18, uh, 17 or 18, is when we decided we could, you know, make the switch to doing um, mainstream, like, more country um, stuff. And that's when we put out kind of the, the Nielsen's first... Uh, we'd, we'd put out gospel albums before mm. that kind of homemade thing mm. um, that we sold at gigs. But that was our first kind of foray into mainstream and getting, you know, music videos and songs on the charts in Canada. Um, so that would have been kind of, uh, I guess, early 90s when it was kind of that boom of new country, Shania and Garth and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was when we really kind of... F- turn our focus on doing that and then it became kind of doing festivals and doing the whole circuit that you would as a yeah. mainstream artist um, and that's when we got to do things like play with Johnny Cash and, and you know Brenda Lee and all these Lur- Lur- yeah Lur- yeah Lur- wow like, you know, yeah I was just going to say so you shared stages with some amazing your heroes yeah. and influences and some big big names yeah and um, you know I, I often say like when you grow up with that however you grow up is what's normal to you that's right it's not until you become an adult and look back and go holy crap (laughs) like we had this amazing kind of upbringing and incredible foundation of uh, this legacy of music passed down to us that you don't appreciate until you're but also for you you've become an adult and a parent in another country that's miles away from there Mm. so that is interesting too because that opportunity just could never have existed here 
Right. You know, like, there are, there, if there are family bands here, you know, they're probably all married to each other as well, you know, and <laughs> li- living, know. living in gore, you know, like, it's <laughs> not, it's not something anyone wants to see, you know. Like, <laughs> now, so that, that opportunity just does not exist. So it's very, very different. Yeah, it's a very different. Obviously, that that culture yeah is is really different. Um, and but yeah, that was a whole other kind of. But but turning that around, there's so many opportunities that I've had in New Zealand that I never would have had. Uh, being staying in North America, you know, things like coming over here and winning. Tui Awards within yeah, right. years of being here, you know, which is would be the equivalent of our Juno or yeah. Grammy. Yeah. Um, after kind of just arriving in and being able to, you know, you can work your ass off for your whole life in North America and never make a dent. Yeah, yeah. It's not about your work ethic. It's all about the connections. Yes. Whereas in New Zealand, I find, it, you know, Kiwis always punch well above their weight yeah. on any stage, whether it be arts or sport or, yeah, yeah. you know, politics, everything. Yeah. And um, I think that's because it's born of having a real scrappy yep. DIY work your ass off ethic, mm. you know, and, and I we're, think that's... We're the, we're the sort of the little brother to the world, you know, there is a bit of a look at me thing too going on, <laughs> like, you know, like, hey, remember us, you know, like we can do this yeah. too. There is a bit of that. Um, so you've been out here for, what, 10 years-ish? Yep, yep, 10 um, years now. Why on earth did you move here? And what... what... <laughs> the things we do for love. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, was, what was going on? What, and, and, and what was the sort of shock of it? And I take it you moved here, that was the first time you'd been here? Or did you come out here and check it out first? Or... Well, I had visited... Uh, the way I met my husband was I'd come to visit a girlfriend who had married a Kiwi, and she'd married and moved here. Yeah. And um, when I came to visit them, it was their mutual friend was Grant, my husband. And that's how we met. And and so, you know, life course changing <laughs> ensued. And, um, yeah, at that point, um, you know, I had always worked with my family. So it wasn't just the thought of leaving as any expat has had to face, you know, starting over in a new place, mm, mm. but it, and leaving your personal life and stuff, but leaving my family was leaving my career. It was leaving my personal life. It was, it was everything mm, mm. and totally kind of my identity was completely wrapped up in that. And I guess even to answer your earlier question of when did I kind of discover my own identity musically mm, mm. would probably have been when I moved to, you know, it's a yeah, late, yeah. late bloomer for sure. But because I'd always, yeah, had, well you'd been, you'd been, um, wrapped up in something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you know, it, it was this funny mix to being sheltered, but also being in a totally adult world. Yeah. Yeah. So you're exposed to all the really ugly underbelly of the music industry. Um, while, you know, so getting a real education that most kids or teenagers or young, even 20-year-olds, uh, are not exposed to until much, much later on. Um, but then also still being in this kind of protective bubble of family. But we st- we went through horrible, horrible things um, with management and such when I was only a teenager. And so seeing all of that, you know, it was this this funny mix of both of them. But... Musically, yes, I'd, I'd still very much been under the um, that umbrella. My direct influence was always like my my dad or my brother, or you know, um, musically. And so coming out here was 
it was terrifying, you know, the thought of starting over again, not knowing a soul, because, mm. you know, music is, it's a very small percentage of talent and a huge percentage of who you know, yep. and the networks that you've built, I mean, the smallest things, like, where the heck do I get posters printed? Stupid little yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that, yeah. you know? Who do I talk to? What venues do I play here? Yeah. Who what's even, the what's even the protocol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the protocol around that? Because it's different. Totally. Wherever different. you go. And also, I'd never had to do that. Mm, My dad mm. was kind of the manager. He ran. Everything. He ran it. Yeah. He ran everything. He did all of it. Yeah. And so it was. It was almost like here I was, kind of my late twenties, almost thirty, and that was the point where, even though I'd had all of this experience my whole life mm. um, and had achieved things that and, and done things that most ad- adults would have done, yeah. you know, in decades or not have done in decades. Yet I was starting all over again, mm. um, kind of in that space of how do I hire a musician? Yeah. How do I find a musician <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's not related to me that can play what I play? And yeah. it was just all of a sudden just having to really be scrappy and, kind of get myself out there, do my research, try to start meeting people and networking and networking was, is a horrible word. But was, yeah. was there ever a thought, um, I'm going to come to New Zealand and I'm not going to play music, I'm going to do something else? Did, did that seem like a reality or was there just no way? You, It's so ingrained in you, it's what you want to do. That yeah, I don't think it really would be a reality. I guess it's, it, it you know, there were moments where you, you face discouragement and you think, mm. what am I doing? I can't do this. This is too daunting. Um, but then there were, it, it was never really a question of, I don't think I'll do music, I guess, because it's, whether it's healthy or not, it's so wrapped up in my identity yeah, yeah. and who I am. Um, I couldn't, couldn't imagine. And even if it wasn't, I did did come to a point where I thought, I'm just going to be a songwriter, you know, so it's still music involved, but, yeah, yeah. um, I kind of thought I'm giving away the performing thing. God, I just, the whole industry thing is just, uh, not really my cup of tea and I'm never going to be, you know, um, skinny and blonde and 18, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> although I mean, the industry is so different now, but that was very much what it was, you know, even, 10, 15 years ago, and there obviously there's still elements of that, but it's it, things are changing uh, very much, at least in the music I do. That's yeah. not really the focus. And, um, yeah, so I kind of thought, nah, I'm just going to be a songwriter. And then I actually had a, a chat with the, one of my co-writers in Nashville. I used to kind of go down and do writing sessions all the time before, when I'd go home and visit and... Um, saying I'm just going to focus on songwriting and that, that way I don't have to worry about all the industry yeah. stuff. And and they said, yeah, but that's a bit of a waste. You know, you kind of, if you really want to focus on the songwriting thing, that's a vehicle. And the best vehicle to yeah. get your songs out there is for you to sing on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yay, if somebody records them and hears it, but that's actually going to double your chances of getting yeah. the songs out there. So, Plus so there was a tiny window where I kind of wanted to... You've sort of been... Um you've sort of been built like a perfect performer in a way too, you know, like a lab- laboratory sort of thing, you know? So, it, you know, it is, you know, the people, well, of my people, family. well, it is, but people talk about wasting a talent or whatever. It's that too, isn't it? Like mm. you, you were born to, born to it, born into it. 
and you'd learnt to do it <clears throat> at a time when you didn't even know you were learning to do it. Right. So it is second nature to whatever to get up and perform so yeah yeah. it's a waste of that as well right yeah and I guess it it was that would have been the closest I got to possibly thinking yeah changing course within music yeah but um yeah I mean there were definite moments when I arrived um, yeah yeah but I thought what have I done um bashing your head against a wall kind of stuff and did not know where to even begin and so I started kind of I mean god I went to the library to find a book on country music in New Zealand <laughs> which had all the you know uh, Highway of Legends so oh, it yeah. was Gray Bartlett and yeah. Brendan Dugan you yeah. know those old school guys who I've I've worked with when I first arrived and um, everyone was saying oh you're a country singer oh you gotta meet Gray Bartlett you know yeah, and I yeah. go oh okay and so I set up a meeting with him you know yeah. <laughs> And not not knowing, but the thing is, you had did he, to did learn. He char- did he charge you for it? <laughs> he tried to. <laughs> he tried to, and I kind of laughed and said, "Oh, thanks." But, uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> no thanks. God bless him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it, I definitely had to go through those those things. I did a couple tours with Brendan Dugan, you know, and also musically, um, kind of trying to find my footing and find out who I was. For the first time, as you said before, you know, when did I discover yeah. what what do I actually want to sing? Yeah. And you can hear that in the first album, which you heard. <laughs> um, and which was what no, number two on the worst albums of 2000. <laughs> was it nine? Maybe? Possibly. Possibly. I, I remember because I was second to Bon Jovi, which I thought, that's not bad company. My- <laughs> This is this is my list of worst albums that we're talking. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst of two thousand nine. Yeah, think it was. Yeah, Google it was. It, def- it. Oh, yeah. No, it was definitely on the list. I didn't know that it was ranked. I think it was right under Bon Jovi number one. So I yeah. was quite chuffed that I was that yeah. high up, but yeah. <laughs> not lost in the you mm, know mm. The, in the muck of everyone else. Mm. But um, you can hear though in that album. Well, what do you think of that album now? Uh, now there is there are, are some good songs on it. Um, cigarette I'm still really proud of um, but that so- that album was definitely one of those co- coming out of what I'd sung and what I'd been writing in Nashville with other Nashville writers mm. um, kind of figuring out who I was and thinking am I pop country or am I acoustic or am I this or am I that and um, even the album itself was recorded in so many different yeah. places and, and some were demos some yeah, yeah, were, yeah. I could afford to record three of them in the studio you know it was it, and it was this kind of patchwork but I needed I think, something to sell on these tours I, I think that was my fr- probably my frustration was it, with it was I felt like it was um, <clears throat> on the one hand a bit contrived but also pieced together like you're saying like these mm-hmm. different and, and you know I haven't listened to it and uh, I wonder what I'd think of it now. Yeah. You know, I probably... Be interesting. Uh, I probably... I probably... Li- I certainly imagine I'd like it more than I wrote it off at the time. I was talking to Julia Deans the other day, and I mentioned that I was going to have a chat with you, and, um, and you know, she said something about um, digging your stuff, and I said, yeah, yeah. I said, it's interesting, because I said, I, there's stuff Tammy's done that I think is amazing, but it didn't start off that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she knows that and we've sort of, we haven't really met, but we have sort of corresponded around that. So I said, I'm looking forward to having a chat with her. And then she said, oh, what didn't you like? And I said, oh, her first album. And Julia's like, 
oh, I love that album. I've, you know, <laughs> that's got some great songs on it. No, you're wrong. And I said, well, she goes, you should listen to it again. And I was like, yeah, I, I kind of, it will be very interesting to do that. And yeah. I, I sort of, I wanted to, I guess I wanted to talk to you before I went back to it. You know, yeah. I didn't want to come in with a an apology. Cause no. Not because I don't believe in apologizing, but, you know, I just thought, I thought it'd be nice to, to be talk about it yeah. without... I think there would and be then some now, songs you would like I think and some so songs too. you wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, Heather. yeah. Uh, but I think you always do as an artist. You go back and and kind of go, oh, you, you can you can audibly mm. hear your growth and mm. your changing in your direction and uh, kind of, and you can definitely see the progression through my five albums of me finding my feet and yeah. growing more and more confident in who I am as an artist, what direction I wanted to go and... And also, you know, as as I was building my career and uh, so much of my stuff was very restricted by yeah. finance, you yeah, know, yeah. and so like the Kitchen Table Sessions albums were born of not having any money to pay any music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of would fly back home, do, you know, my brother would do everything for me for free and, and we kind of just went, let's all sing it around the kitchen table, the whole family playing and singing harmonies and all of that stuff. And, and so those records were cool though. And I, like for yeah. me, that's where I went, man, there's something here. This, this person has something. And I think like um, your first album was probably for me tied up in, um, you did Stars in Your Eyes. <laughs> that probably set Which, the tone for you. Oh, absolutely. That's and what that's I'm going to say. And that's why you would see it through eyes of something. There's something contrived here. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, what I was going to say is, um, and you sort of just touched on it there, but debut albums are always interesting. The longer a person's career goes on, right? Because mm. you, they're always interesting to revisit. You yeah. know, and it's like, you know, the first Prince album is, and I love. Prince and I love the albums that people don't even like by him but the first Prince album is the one in his career I think that whilst you recognise his voice it doesn't really sound like any other Prince Mm. album and I love it but it's not one that gets mentioned that often but it seems to be more and more you know it's 40 years old now nearly so it seems to be (laughs) it seems to be more and more interesting as time goes on so I sort of that's another reason it'll be interesting to revisit your record because you know I, I feel like now I'll listen to it going I see what she was trying to do yeah yeah whereas whereas at the time and also under the in the context of you know writing 200 words about something for a newspaper you're going (laughs) you're going you know what is this person trying to do and that's it yeah and you get a first impression yeah yeah um as a as a critic that's your job is to write about your first impression but stars in their eyes good Mm. good move or dumb move that was (laughs) A one of those moves that I had just landed. Well, it's like again, ta- I was going to say, this, it's like taking a meeting with Gray Bartlett, right? It's just I'm just going to jump. I'm going to jump into these things. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It was like it was taking every opportunity that I could possibly take to try to make mm. the music work, and again, not knowing the lay of the land, and um, you, you know, and of course, there's times you look back and go, "Oh God, how embarrassing! Why did I do it?" But my dad always said to me, Tammy, don't ever be embarrassed yeah. about working your ass off and taking every opportunity because all these steps lead to where you are today. Yeah. And so, you know, that tempered with that wisdom, you have to kind of look at it as you have to learn. And it's not the end of the world, but of course, it's like seeing high school pictures with horrible hairdos, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, but the reality was, you know, I had Susie Lynch uh, rang me up and I had just met her through a friend and I thought, she knows what she's talking about. She's been in New yeah. Zealand in the, in the industry forever. And, um, you know, because I'd read a book about it. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, Tammy, believe me, it's not easy to get on New Zealand television with music. And so the whole appeal was, you know, you have to pretend to blah, 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 yeah, whoever. Yeah. And I actually went in as I... Played KT Tunstall with loop and all sorts with my guitar, and they kind of went, No one knows who KT Tunstall yeah, yeah. is. Can you do someone? And I said, Ah, uh, Patsy Klein? Oh, no, nobody listens to Patsy Klein. Yeah, yeah. And so they said, What about, they said, What about Amy Winehouse? <laughs> you could do a really good track. They didn't care about the music, yeah, yeah. they wanted the, the visual yeah, yeah, transformation. Yeah. You could do that. I said, Well, um, and I mean, I'd only think I'd seen Rehab once, and um, only ever saw her in the papers because mm, of all yeah, yeah, yeah. her, her the story around. Yeah, it was all the, the buzz music. around it. Yeah, yeah. It was not about her music, and um, I said, "Well, can you just play the video for me and and write like give me the lyrics?" This was at the audition, and they went, "Okay," and they played it for me and gave me the lyrics, and I said, "Okay," and I sang the first verse, and they went, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> yes, we're doing this," you know. And um, that's I thought, what I imagine okay. people in New Zealand TV talk like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. I that's the that's like the best impersonation. <laughs> and um, no, I, I think they think they sound like that yeah, in their yeah. heads, though. That's perfect. <laughs> but I kind of did. You know, I did that. And the reason I went in, to be to be honest, was Susie said to me, "That's only a part of it, but they do this whole back." Story. Yes, and you get your story on TV. You can plug your music. You can talk about how you're a musician. Blah yeah. blah 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 blah. But of course, it did not turn out that way. Yeah. They didn't want. They wanted me to be. They wanted Joe a sob, nobody who a, a had sob never story died. of a kind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's more of a transformation. If I was just you know a, a, a receptionist at an office that had never sung before. Yeah. Um, and so even though I had told my whole story, it was. Uh, all very edited down yeah, to sliced and not diced. at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my music didn't really get a mention. And yeah, but you have to do yeah, yeah, everything when you're. I mean, you don't have to, but if you're, if you want to, you have to swallow a lot of pride. Yeah. When you're trying to make it in the music business. So I, I feel like you've you've done pretty well in, in in under a decade here to go from, you know pretending to be someone you weren't interested in on TV and, <laughs> yeah. you know, having one of the worst albums of the year and, and some, and <laughs> some idiots. Yeah. Yeah. And let, let me finish. I was going to say in some idiots opinion, you know, like absolutely to, to now, like I was going to say your, um, I was going to say your timing seems pretty good with the music you're making, but actually you've, you've had to, that's taken time, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, and you've worked hard, but now the timing's perfect. You know what I mean? Like you can always say that afterwards, but watching the show last night, cause it's the first time I've seen you perform apart from, you know, videos, clips, things. First time I've been to one of your shows. I did, did try another time and wasn't allowed, um, <laughs> but, um, but uh, we won't go into that. Um, but uh, I, I was, I was just watching it going, you know, here's this audience that and I knew a lot of people in the audience from a lot of different walks of life it was really cool there's everyone's kind of warm to this everyone's and everyone's getting something different from it and you one of the songs you were playing towards the end might have been in the encore actually um a woman I know said um 
you know, I don't really like country music, but I love this. And then a guy I was standing with was like, well, this isn't actually really country music. You know, this right now, if you think this, you know, this particular song, he, he knows that you come from country music. But he, yeah. And he was right. You know, he's like, this actual song's not, not country music. No. It's, it's closer to blues. It's closer to gospel, if anything, mm. um, which are those other influences. But, yeah, it's very, what I'm trying to say is it's a very interesting time for that version of sort of Americana and American-influenced root stuff here. We've gone... It feels like we've... There's been a bit of contrived stuff, you know, in, in, in New Zealand, and uh, but it feels like we've gone past that now and the audience is a little bit more educated, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is that, your, is that your experience oh, and feeling? I mean, since I arrived um, in the past 10 years, there's been a huge groundswell, and now it's kind of, you know, come to fruition... Um, you know, it strikes me that you're like a jukebox for these people too. Like you, you would have gone from having to having to pitch, oh, I can do this, and people going, yeah, I don't, don't know if we want that. Mm. To now, you do your thing, and you know, imagine if there was, I mean, stars in their eyes is fucking awful, but if there was something like that now, and you went on and pitched doing Patsy Cline, they'd take it, it, and yeah. the audience would love it, and you would nail it. You know, it's mm. it's interesting. So you've got all the stuff that people want and you've kind of had it for a long time yeah it's, <laughs> it's taken a while that for that whole thing about it yeah, takes, uh, t- time takes time yeah. 20 years to be an overnight success yeah or, yeah yeah or a lifetime in my yeah, case yeah um yeah it's and it's funny because i remember reading some review not one of yours somebody else's yeah. said something about oh yes tammy's fashioned herself refashioned herself as this honky-tonk um red hot honky-tonker that's um got this retro edge and you know a light bulb went off somewhere it was a very clever marketing ploy and i mm. thought i've been honky tonk since i was 18 months yeah. old it just happens that now things are kind of coming into alignment where that was um, probably russell bailey i'd say no no it wasn't, wasn't russell it? <laughs> i won't name names <laughs> but it wasn't russell mm. but yeah it was um someone standing next to him had also missed the boat <laughs> But it's quite funny how, yeah, you get that. And people go, oh, she does the retro thing because of this, or she does country because of this, or she... Yeah, and yeah. That's, I, See, I think me. I felt very much that way about your stuff. Again, like, to go back to that first record, because you don't, you know, you don't have much to go on, you know? Like, a, and I had... And you didn't know the history. No, exactly. And, and, and so I think the kitchen table stuff was a really good way of bringing that story in right. you know and because i sort of got that instantly i went well there's a charm to this there's mm. there's there's a backstory but there's also a charm you know and there's a there's a an earnestness that's very compelling right. you know it's you're actually opening up the diary kind of mm. thing and letting people in on without boasting because you know we don't like that <laughs> you know no, you know no, so no, it's no, tricky no. you can't you can't roll out the well you know we shared the stage with johnny cash people were like Pfft. Yeah. You know, now they're interested, but they don't want that at the start of someone's career. You, yeah, exactly. You sound like a blowhard. Yeah. yeah, we don't want to hear how awesome you think you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We want we want to decide that you're awesome and then have that validated by by deciding we always had good taste, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how we work. Um, I mean New Zealanders, not critics. You know, like, I, I, um, both really, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, it feels like a good time. And then you've got... so. Well, what happens in between that? Where do we get up to? Sort of first record comes out, it's success in some sense, and then not in others, and then 
you're still trying to make things happen. So go home and record cheap stuff and put it out. Yep. Yeah, do the kitchen. So this is what, 2010, 11? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we do volume one and volume two. Yeah. And, um, you know, keep touring it and just playing everywhere that you can play. And, and, um, and then I guess it was after the kitchen table, it was, um, I was on tour. Um, and the, the earthquake happened in Christchurch and my tour pretty much died. (laughs) Obviously everything stopped. Yeah. Everything ground to a halt in the country. Yeah. And, um, our next show was actually supposed to be at in Littleton at the Harbor Light. And so I got in touch with Adam uh, at the east of the Eastern and said, I hear you guys are doing little acoustic pop-up concerts just to lift people's spirits. And, um, we're going to be in town because we're stuck, but we don't have a venue anymore. So we would love to join you guys. And so, yeah, he just texted meet at this park and, and it was just, oh wow. It was just a mess. It was like being in this crazy, um, movie set where, you know, the apocalypse had Mm. happened and all the liquefaction everywhere. And, we kind of drove through all of this and then got to the park and pulled up and there was this tall, skinny, gorgeous, kind of looked like the ghost of Hank Williams or something as we pulled up and I went, oh, that must be Marlon. And then there was this kind of grumpy looking, intense, <laughs> blue-eyed, you know, guy with a cowboy hat on as well. And that was Delaney. And they hadn't started singing together yet, even. Um, and then the Eastern were all there. So it was a bunch of Littleton musicians. And we just started playing. Um, obviously, no power anywhere. And people just started kind of trickling out of their homes and coming into the park. And we played for a couple hours. And and um, that was my very the first time I ever met Delaney, for sure. Um, probably the second time I've met Marlon. And... Uh, but even at that point, we had never, uh, you know, we'd met that, that day, but then it was a couple of years until we, um, actually worked together. And it was in those couple of years, that's when Delaney Marlon did their first album. Yeah. And I went out, I had just had Charlie and it, I remember it being my first night out and I was still breastfeeding and my boobs were getting like sore by the second, you know, but I didn't want to leave because it was so good. And I'm like, I, I have to go, I have to go, I'm, I'm actually going to explode. And, and then <laughs> I was becoming Dolly Parton before <laughs> everybody's eyes, and, um, but didn't want to leave. And I can remember sitting there and, you know, I've, I've been in music my whole life. I've seen amazing artists. Worked with them, too. Worked with them <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and seen them perform. And I sat there and my knees just started knocking and my whole like my legs everything was just vibrating Mm. and just that combination of the two of them and i mean they're both amazing individually but together it was like wow it was just this explosion of amazing music and um i went home that night and you know we we chatted and stuff and we don't we we kept in touch but you know as artists you never see each other because you're always yeah yeah occupational hazard yeah yeah 
And so I went home and I emailed Delaney and, and Marlon and just said, hey guys, um, amazing. If you ever need, you know, a, th a third part harmony or a female chick singer, um, you know, I'll show up with my guitar and my beehive and <laughs> I'm yours, you know, and uh, just kind of jokingly. And then a couple months later, Delaney emailed and said, we're doing this kind of random show on Waiheke Island. Um, learn these 12 songs and... <laughs> Made us this. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. And I turned up, I had any, they were the most random songs, but I loved it. I loved learning all these crazy different, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was everything from kind of Nancy Sinatra, Bang Bang, to um, These Arms of Mine, Otis, Otis Redding. Yeah. And just all these other really obscure Cajun songs and, and, um, turned up and we did the gig and it was just that boom again that real that chemistry was um amazing and so then we started chatting about let's do a tour together seriously not joking this time and and that's when the grand Ole hayride was born and we did a couple of those tours together um and it was at the end of the first tour that i booked time in the studio and i said you know we will have i'd written a few songs um, for the tour and booked the time in with Ben Edwards and Littleton and said, you know, once we finish and come off the road, then, uh, we'll, let's just slam out these songs in a couple days because we will have already been performing them for a month. Mm. And so went in, it was all live off the floor, um, just smashing out songs in, I think it was two days we did all the tracking and then maybe another two days for mixing, and that was dynamite, and that's kind of and that, know, when that all started. And that for a lot of people, and I wonder what you think of it, but that feels like the in the context of you living in New Zealand and making a career in New Zealand, that feels like the real statement, the real birth of you as an mm. artist. Do you think yeah. that's fair? Oh, I mean, that was my response, right? That was that well, was absolutely my response. Absolutely. I mean, all of the other albums, I still kept gravitating yeah. back to the nest, yeah. back to my safety net. And so that's why I say, like, sincerely, I'll, I am interested in going back to those, but I've got so much out of the last two records, mm. perhaps particularly Dynamite, yeah. um, <clears throat> just because it really wowed me, you know, and, 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 and not just because I hadn't been that enthused by some of your stuff but um but also because it's where i i started to make sense of these guys you were talking about and littleton because i think you know also like i was a little bit skeptical about the littleton scene for a while and i think maybe there are some um charlatans there like there are in any scene or connected to a scene but <clears throat> delaney and marlon and ben you know uh and and all the guys you've got playing on those records mm. are fucking great. They're <laughs> yes. extraordinary, right? They really are. Yeah. And uh, so th that feels like, um, and you're probably getting people at your shows that just know you from that record and the one that's come after. Mm. And then maybe they've gone back. Oh, absolutely. But that's how they yeah. know you, right? So that's been the significant oh, yeah, birth definitely. of you. Yeah, yeah. That was the game changer for sure. Yeah. 
And I think that was also, you know... It well, was when a, did you know that, though? Did you know you had something special in the can? I think even when we, I was writing, um, you know, when we were on tour with the Grand Ole Hayride, um, and we were doing some of these songs in the show, and the, yeah. the reaction from the audience, but also working with Delaney was particularly that moment where I, you know... Uh, you need to find that person that actually gets what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And, you know, we had uh, chats leading up to the album and he said, so you're wanting like a real kind of, you know, that 50s, 60s feel. So do we need to get all this really like legit gear? I'm like, no, I'm not talking about being a purist. Here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We're, I'm just talking about um, capturing that raw energy, not not manufacturing something. I want it to sound like the Beatles coming off the road for a morning. George Martin would have them for one morning. They'd smash out 10 songs in one take each. And then they'd be gone again on the road again. And, um, but I want that rough around the edges, raw energy feeling. That's what I mean by that that process of recording there weren't overdubs there weren't there wasn't pro tools you know mm. it was it was what you saw was what you got and i bet delaney didn't charge you for that meeting didn't try <laughs> <laughs> no no not back then we were both pro musicians and and uh no he's 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 very very generous with his creativity for sure yeah he sees things in people um, before other people see it. And I think he sees potential and he, um, I can remember the first time I started actually thinking about maybe I should ask Delaney if he would produce, cause he'd never produced anyone other than himself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had never been produced by anyone other than my brother yeah, and yeah. myself. And, um, you know, that's a really important relationship. Um, finding a person you trust to with your songs and yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Your, your music and who you are, and so. But I remember the the first moment I thought, I actually might ask Delaney to do this because um, we had just done one of the Hayride shows, and I used to do "No Good for My Soul," one of my songs, and I you know just performed it acoustically, and we came off stage and he said, man, you know, when you sing No Good For My Soul, like you really have this whole side of you that's like Sister Rosetta happening. And I'm like, first of all, (laughs) you know who Sister Rosetta is and she is one of my heroes. And, and you get that that's inside me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one else, Everyone always, he's the first one, one that didn't just pigeonhole me as, yeah. well, your country or yeah. just this, you know, and he could see and hear what I was trying to you do. Re- you remind us, do. <laughs> you remind us of Annie Whittle, <laughs> might have been what someone else would have seen. Annie Whittle. <laughs> yeah. Obscure New Zealand country rubbish. Oh, <laughs> you know. right, right. Yeah, no, <clears throat> no, I didn't, I did not get that. Um, slash Shortland Street actress um, <laughs> yeah but yeah he's um, so that was kind of the moment where I thought he gets what I'm who I actually am and what's 
the potential that's there, but I haven't been able to get down on uh, an actual recording. Mm. Um, and, and again, the very practical thing of I could not afford to hire musicians in a studio. And, and it was also the culmination of the fact that I'd been here what seven or eight years by then I'd met the musicians that I finally had been yeah. working with for a few years people like Dave Kahn and yeah. Ben Woolley and and now Joe McCallum and you know all these people that they have kind of become oh, okay now I've got my guys yeah, I've yeah, got my yeah. crew and it was all these things kind of coming to this head of now I'm ready and also knowing what I wanted to, I had a very clear idea, like, this is what I want to do. This is who I am. I finally figured out, at, what was it, 35 or whatever I was, yeah. th- I finally figured out, after a lifetime in music, who I am. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that um, <clears throat> really, I think, blew me away about finally seeing you guys do your thing live is that, um, apart from the audience respect, was these guys playing with you they um i think i was saying to a couple of people there last night they um they feel like a proper support band and that they're there to support you they don't um they're they're great players and you can tell that but they're not just playing for the song they know that you're the star they know you know and so when they get there 30 seconds or 10 seconds or a minute to do a solo solo to play some licks they do it but they don't do it like bring the spotlight over here for a minute yeah yeah they don't you know what i mean and you must have played with a bunch of people that do that because every musician has and usually the ones who do that the most aren't even good enough to do it right (laughs) these guys just play beautifully for the songs and they know that the star of the night is you and also but also within that the star of the night is the songs you know, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. They are, and I think that makes an amazing musician. There's, I'm really, really lucky. It's got to be an incredible luxury for you to know, like, they in the musical back. sense, they, these guys have got my back, got and my they back. and they care about how this all comes together. Oh, you yeah. know, I've had I've had a few people say to me in in this last year, you know, when a lot of these guys have kind of come on board, and. I'm really lucky the lineup that I that I'm working with have you know there's no egos these yeah. guys are all amazing guys to work with uh, top players mm. in this country or outside of this country god they're they're all you know a game and um I'm so fortunate to have them on board but it's funny that you say that because I've had the Delaney I played a gig with him at that Myers Park Festival yeah. a couple of weeks ago yeah, yeah. in Auckland. And it's the first time I think he's seen me perform. I mean, he's seen me in all sorts of different... Yeah, configurations you know, and configurations. contexts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And him being one of the configurations. <clears throat> yeah. And his feedback, he said almost verbatim what you just said. He said, Tam, I just really, really feel like, wow, these you're at a really different level now. Like, these mm. guys are your foundation and they're solid but you, they allow you to shine. Yeah. And because I have that really solid foundation, I can perform my ass off oh, yeah. and feel like I can really take things um, knowing 
I, I can rest easy knowing yeah. you're just going to totally take, go there with me. You know? <clears throat> You've got um, the banter too. So does that come from your dad? Oh, I'm definitely a, a miniature Ron Nielsen when it comes to my, <laughs> to my yeah. banter. I am, uh, yes, that is definitely something that has always been there and can sometimes be, you know, I've tried isn't, to isn't scale going it away. back. <laughs> it's not. I am like the, I'm pretty much the product of a dad joke. I am a living, <laughs> breathing female dad joke, you know, and proud of it because, yeah, all of the stuff that I talk about and... It, that's that's always been there, but it, that's like I said, you know, growing up on stage with my dad. Mm. Um, God, it's almost like osmosis, isn't it? It just it, it totally comes out of me, and, and that's, so that's me. He's there on your shoulder the whole time, but never more so than this last record, right? Oh man, yeah, and it's it's been a real challenge to perform these songs without being maudlin or getting emotional there are i mean it it can depend on the night too yeah you know there there were moments we we did a gig um the week of the one year anniversary of my dad passing away which is recently which was only a few weeks weeks ago (laughs) and you know there will be times where you or the first time i had my mom in the audience yeah I was, and and thank God I'd had a, you know, I'd had half a year of shows under my belt and then I had to sing Lonely in front of my mom live and it was like, deep breath here, you know, it was, um, it's a real challenge and I also really felt uh, the, you know, doing this album in the wake of losing him, like literally when it was so fresh, six weeks after losing him, we recorded, I wrote pretty much the whole album in yeah. those six weeks and recorded it which includes <clears throat> adapting Some rewriting material that he yeah 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 and that was one of my promises to him yeah in the hospital um i said you know i'm gonna i'm gonna sing your songs don't worry they're not gonna go to waste and i you know doing the album at first it had already been booked because you know delaney and all those guys they tour constantly. Mm. And so to book in two weeks, you, you have to do it months in advance and you have, to, and they're flying back from Europe early and all sorts. It wasn't something I could just go, sorry guys, even though they would have been totally understanding, obviously. But mm. after, yeah, dad passed away the next day, actually, my mom said, what are you going to do about your recording time? And I said, oh, mom, it's just not going to happen. And, she started to cry and said, your father would be so upset if he thought he this stood in the way yeah. of your momentum and uh, and what's happening with your music. And I'm like, I think he'd understand, Mom. <laughs> I think he'd be okay. He'd cut me some slack. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and also, I just kind of felt wrong. I thought, I, I can't. How am I going to even sing again? When I open my mouth, it's his voice that comes out of me. Like... My inflections, anything that's good of, about my voice mm. is my dad, and um, and then and and then it kind of I think the moment that it that perspective and then it's some me, of his words and melodies and oh, stuff too, God. right? And I thought, <laughs> yeah, and so you know, and I went through each stage of kind of going, okay, I'm, then my focus shifted, and I thought, this is how I can fulfill my promise to him, and so working on some of the songs that of his, and then 
writing songs about him and I thought then my, my focus shifted to this is the way that I can make sure that he is always known and he is heard and his legacy that he's given to me is not gone to waste it's yeah. not squandered and and so then that gave me strength in that and I just totally drove toward that and and it was also a very healing process for me and part of kind of processing my grief um, in a kind of productive way. But... Um, uh, and you've got a toddler and what, about an eight-month-old at that point? <laughs> yeah, <too>. exactly. <laughs> Let's and, just chuck that in there. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, it's kind of that double... You know how it is, that kind of double-edged sort of parenthood where, on one hand, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. You know, you yeah. have... You don't have the luxury of lying in bed and grieving and crying yeah. for days and not wanting to face the world. But then the flip side of that is, you know, they make you go on. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. something you have to go on for. Yeah, having a having a, a, a an excuse to put on a brave face mm. can be and shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can be really good, right? Like, yeah, it, it's, it pulls you out of it in the right. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pulls. Yeah. So the great thing there is that you, you know, you sort of knew it, and your mum pushed you right into it because she knew it. That the 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 way that you got to mourn mm. was through doing the work. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, and processing that and putting that together, um, and so it, it results too quite outside of that backstory, which is obviously really important to that album mm. but it results in two albums in a, in a in just over a year yeah so when's the third <laughs> like, I know that's what people you, keep asking I'm yeah. like are you kidding me or <laughs> I've got two kids under four you're going to have another kid and then another <laughs> oh, god no god that's, no <laughs> that's how it works yeah it's quite funny because people on this tour they go oh are you tour- I don't have the new album are you touring a new album I said the one that came out Mm. in September which is not yeah. even six months old like that's the new album yeah. <laughs> yeah you must want to do a live album with these guys surely like in oh, I haven't I actually haven't thought about that and now if yeah. I do come out with them you yeah. can say I have <laughs> recorded proof that yeah. I gave her that idea yeah 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 it might that that's not going to make the worst albums list you see oh, that might even make yeah. the <laughs> oh no kidding no, no that, it's a good idea though with the the guys you're mm-hmm. playing with they're do it. Top top shelf, these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that would be great. And do you have this like kind of itch to go back to your hometown with these guys and put on the big, I actually, the, the full tour of Canada and go fucking suck it? Look how oh good I am. Oh god! Well, I got a little <laughs> taste of that because I went home at the beginning of February uh, to do some showcases in Toronto. We did, we just, because I have a, a label there that took on licensed dynamite yeah. and released it the same week as Don't Be Afraid was released right. here. Yeah. So they're kind of playing catch up yeah. in Canada a bit. But, um, so they, you, you just, know, you just summed up Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so they're kind of, you know, uh, they, they'd set up all this media stuff and, you know, we did the CBC and did all these fantastic, um, you know, publicity things and sold out two shows and man did it feel amazing you know it's the first time I went back with my full band and really felt like 
Okay, guys, this is what I'm doing. This is what you're seeing on my Facebook. This is me. And, you know, from people who obviously were just fans and turned up to family and friends yeah. who were, uh, the feedback was, you know, all of them were just blown away and went, wow. You yeah. know, because they'd only ever seen me either as a kid in the family band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whenever I'd go back and perform, it was always very much a kind of self-indulgent, let's do some gigs as a family kind of thing. And yeah. for fun. You yeah, know, yeah. It's definitely not. Almost a little hokey, but in a nice way. But in a fun, yeah, 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 yeah. like a family reunion, getting together yeah, yeah, and having yeah. a guitar pull, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that was always the way it was. And um, so that was really amazing um, to go back and kind of, you know, strut your stuff a little bit and show off your band of amazing Kiwi boys. And um, yeah, so getting a little taste of that was awesome. So we're hopefully, we have some agents on board now in Canada who want to, because over there, so that's kind of always been my end game. It's yeah, been a yeah, very yeah. long end game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but being able to be there half the time and here half the time, and being kind of getting the best of both worlds and seeing, you know, everyone that I love mm. every year would be the ultimate. Yeah, dream. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and your brother, I get from Facebook, remains a enthusiastic cheerleader for what you're up uh, to. But yeah. what else? You know, how involved? Is he, and he, what else does he do? Well, he music wise, um, he is. Um, he was in my band when I went yep. back, and that was really special. Kind of playing with the guys and turning around. And there's Jay, and they all. Oh, he just fit in, you know, uh, like a hand in a glove. He was just, and the boys loved him, and he loves them, and um, it, and he's still pretty much my my main co writer. Yeah. You know, he we still do a lot of co writing together. And have done since we were kids, and um, and he is very much he's my go to guy. I mean, my it used to be split between him and my dad. Yeah. So now he's kind of my main go to guy. Um, he's the one I bounce everything off of. Yeah. He's the opinion I trust. So he tells you that's not working as well as oh, that's yeah. working. Like he actually does give you both. Like yeah. not just the validation, but he actually critically says, "Yeah, ditch that or or do this to that." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. He'll just yeah, he's and you know, when you have that relationship, that kind of sibling relationship especially, there's no holds barred and yeah, yeah. you can kind of not really worry about being, you know, handling someone with kid gloves. It's yeah, just yeah. sorry dude, this isn't working. This sucks. <laughs> this yeah, is, yeah. But at the same time, like it means a lot when they say this is amazing, right? Absolutely. For, for, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So he's he's still my right hand guy. Uh, you know, time distance doesn't really that yeah and um so i and that made it really special like winning the scroll was one that he had put input into that song yeah and of all the songs on the album that's the one that we'd worked together on and it was really really special and dad was stoked you yeah know? and so that i'm really really grateful that happened before and dad went that's like your brother's little <clears throat> toe in new zealand waters kind of thing Absolutely, yeah yeah, yeah. And it led to kind of things like, you know, scoring the Brokerwood Mysteries and, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. that well, I wanted to bring that up. I was going to say that um, was a cool, it was, I only watched the first series um, and I quite enjoyed them, but they, they certainly got the music right. Yeah. Which means yeah. you got, you know, you got the, mu- you guys got the music right, but mm-hmm. uh, that, that must have been a pretty cool. Yeah. It was a, even a just to he- even ju- Even just to hear those songs. Uh, you know, they felt sort of correctly cinematic. You know, they felt yeah. like they deserved to be supporting images on the screen. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, so that was that was kind of my first kind of foray into, um, you know, I had uh, had sinks and all that kind of you know sinking. Or, yeah, yeah. And um, and so that was really exciting for me. But then scoring with Jay was a whole other world. And God, it's I actually I have this entire new respect for people who score things. It's so different. Yeah. to songwriting and doing an album and having three minutes to tell a story instead of ten seconds and no lyrics. <laughs> you yeah, know? It yeah, was, yeah. It was crazy. And also, you're telling someone else's story. You know, you're, no, you're, you're, yeah. you're not, you know, the best composers, uh, I listen to a lot of film soundtrack composers, a lot of film scores, are, uh, and, um, but, you know, as good as these people are, and they are amazing at, you know, um creating music that then stands alone away from that mm. but they're doing it to bend to someone else's vision the whole time yeah you know like and that's that i did find that yeah quite challenging yeah and kind of bringing something you thought this is this totally is working and then they kind of go uh i thought banjo was a brave choice <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. and you're like oh okay well, that, that, <laughs> That, that that's quite a good maxim really that sort of yeah <laughs> that should that should be said absolutely that should be it was quite funny though because they had said you know we want real country instruments that could be the name of your live album yeah banjo. banjo is a brave choice and um, it was quite funny because we I kind of I said to them well they said so why did you decide on banjo for that scene I said well it's a he's a twin and he is wearing coveralls, and he's the murderer. <laughs> that just kind of screamed banjo to me. <laughs> and it's rural. <laughs> and it's rural. Yeah, exactly. He's out in the boonies, so why wouldn't it scream banjo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but what's on the what's on the cards immediately then? So you've got you wrap up a, this little sort of mini batch of shows. Mm. And then what? And then well, what happens straight maybe after you that? Have a little bit a of, little bit of time, yeah, which would be really nice. Get, get to meet your sons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you've grown. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in school now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you're engaged. How yeah. did I miss that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to a little bit of uh, a tiny bit of downtime, but we still have, uh, you know, regular gigs all you know all mm. throughout the year already. Um, you know, kind of end of this year is, is when, or later this year is when they're going to be screening the um, uh, documentary that they filmed of the church tour and kind of doing hopefully some dates around that. How was the church tour? I mean, obviously I didn't, <laughs> obviously I didn't get to go, <laughs> you didn't but get I, to go. I wanted um, to, no, 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 I, I, I really wanted to ask how that was though, because, you know, um, I am a fan of everyone that was on that stage mm. and how did it work? Obviously, you, Marlon, and Delaney already have various connections. Mm. Um, how was it working with Barry as well, and how did he slot into yeah. that, and how did the shows go? I think at first, uh, you know, uh, that was everyone's concern, was making sure that it wasn't just the three of us and then yeah, Barry, yeah. you know. But it very, very quickly, uh, he just, you know, I think because Delaney and Marlon and I all have a huge respect yeah, cool. for Barry. He's, yeah, he's great. He's I a lo- patriarch. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's the trailblazer for what we do now. I was going to say, like that that book you read about Highway of Legends. That's that's what. Well, yeah, he he. That's one version of it. But what yeah. the likes of him and Wayne Mason and a few others oh, yeah. have have done is sort of 
if not the real story, it's more in line with what you guys are it's about. Well, it's the yeah. the thing is like all the the other you know Dugan and, and um, mm. Bartlett and all of them are. Um, it's a different a different kind mm. of under the umbrella, but it's not original music yeah yeah the waratahs were original music yeah 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 they took they took those you could you could see the various fingerprints on the songs you know you could get you could get a a whiff of their record collection Mm. that had helped inspire them but it's it's you know his own their own stamp and yeah i think that they finally you know that was the first time that People went. This is what New Zealand country music. Yeah, yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, whereas the, the that's country kind of they were all they were all covering American music. Mm. They were singing American songs. There was nothing original happening there. Yeah. Um, whereas the Waratahs were purely like, actually, this is what it sounds like when a Kiwi interprets all these influences that yeah. makes their own music. Yeah. But as a person who grew up doing. Gospely things, church things, um, package shows. Yeah. You know, did it feel sincere and right to go and do the church tour here, or did it feel a little contrived? Oh no, no, no. it felt. I mean, the thing is, with the church tour, it's not really the venues. The, the churches are treated as beautiful venues. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm not trying to set you up. I assume it was great. I just wanted to know, like uh, the. Part of the reason I wanted to go to the Wellington show was because that venue is incredible. Exactly. You know, I, I like going to those sort of whoever's on those shows mm. because of that venue. But then with you guys, it was like, oh, well, there's every chance I'll actually like mm. all of the stuff I hear too. But that venue is incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so <clears> that was kind of the focus yeah. was, you know, about the venue. And um, you definitely tweak things in your set and choose songs carefully because um the acoustics you know you can't go out in there and smash out something it just gets lost you know so you have to be really uh thoughtful about what's going to work in those venues yeah um but it was it was a really special show and you know working with all those guys who are all of us are at such different stages yeah um and um, so it was pretty special. And in a few more months, and you, you know, you sort of hinted at this last night in the show, but in a few more months, it's oh. and probably already, it's a case of like Marlon will be like Tammy who? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, but it's. I was just going to say it's already becoming a case of like you. You know that guy? Oh my You've god! With I had him, right? my first. I had my first interview like two days ago, um, and got asked the for the first time got asked mm. the question so what's it like to work with Marlon Williams <laughs> and it's just and I thought this is the first time yeah. it won't be the it's, last yeah yeah it yeah probably now from now on it will be probably included in most of my interviews if they know that I've worked with them because he is he's he's one of those he's a a bomb waiting to explode that you hear the ticking whenever yeah, you're yeah, around yeah. him you know he and he's but and he's, he's well funny. on the way now though right like oh, you well know underway. yeah Yes. And then the, the fact that, you know, movies are going to come out with him in. That's <laughs> you know, the, crazy. That, like, that's, that's the pipeline. That, that hasn't that's what happened I, That's yet. what I mean. That's like, crazy. people know that that's happening, but it hasn't happened. And when that oh, hits, that's a whole other... A whole other wave. Thing, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The craziness yeah. of Marlon Williams' life. But, yeah, it's... And it's, he's handling it all pretty... I think he's a very tired boy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, um, yeah... Uh, it's it's a bit hard to ask me that question because I always kind of have this 
I guess, you know, having two little brothers, having two sons, mm. I definitely have this maternal edge yes. <laughs> with Marlon. Yeah. And he's very, he's younger than my brothers. Yeah. And so having toured with him, you know, when they asked me, what's it like to work with Marlon Williams? I said, well, I have picked his dirty underwear off, off the yeah, floor I when we were touring. <laughs> And I made sure I tucked him in by midnight. I seriously, I am the one that shoves like vitamins down his throat and gives him honey lemon drinks and goes, Marlon, go to bed. Um, so he's just my stinky kid brother, really. Yeah, like, yeah. That's how I see Marlon. And that's I, obviously not how the world sees him. But. but I'm thinking, yeah, when you say that, like the documentary about the church tour, like, <clears throat> that's going to be another part of the the Marlin thing. It's really crazy you know? to think about. You know, I thought of it later. Which which, which is not to devalue any of you guys being involved, no, no. but but a big take home for it's a lot of people. Of it's going to be a big part of that story and yeah. a part of his story. And yeah. I'm really proud to be a part of Marlin's story because yeah. I've always been. I'm. Uh, he's my, he's easy to be a fan of. He is because he's. Uh, I mean, I've met him a couple of times um, much earlier, and he's and I've corresponded with him a little bit. Um, he's a nice guy and he's talented so it's very easy to be you know yeah he's easy on the eyes easy on the heart easy on the ears (laughs) he's a good combo total package right absolutely yeah Yeah. no he's he's a darling but um yeah it it's funny being in that unique position you're probably Mm. not a lot of people are in that position first of all there's a small percent of people who explode and make it big Mm -hmm. and but the people around them are also in a funny position or that's right interesting unique position because It's not often you get to witness someone before and after or yeah, even during. during. Yeah, yeah. And it, I can remember having a conversation with Delaney and I don't know, maybe this is too personal to share. I don't know. May, I don't think so. But um, I remember him saying, you know, it's it's so odd. I feel like, you know, especially for Delaney because they were yeah. and are very close, yeah. you know, far closer. They toured even more than I've done three tours with Marlon and collaborated on four albums. Yeah. But Delaney and Marlon I've are done a hundred <laughs> way more. <laughs> yeah, than yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And being in the same town. I mean, yeah. they're like brothers. Yeah. And, um, and I remember Delaney saying, it's an odd feeling. I feel like I'm in a car driving a car and all of a sudden Marlon jumps out of the passenger side and just starts like sprinting and he's just disappearing into the horizon and I'm like clunking along in this car going what the hell just happened yeah, like my wow. friend who was sitting right next to me is just going yeah. and I'm kind of like what <laughs> what yeah. just happened it's a really strange feeling yeah and I can totally relate to that but yeah but at the same time you're so full of you're so proud of him you know as mm. well mm. But yeah, but I do worry about him. I worry about him getting out of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what what um, <clears throat> other ambitions do you have, you know, beyond what you're doing? Like, is there, <clears throat> you know, is there something you're trying to achieve beyond making a living and putting out records? Mm-hmm. And is there something that you're... Yeah, I think... I mean, you, you've also got honouring family legacy in a sense too right absolutely i think for me you know it's funny because we we have chats about this and uh you know because people tend to look at especially with delaney marlin and i having been you know Mm. together together and then marlin on this trajectory and Mm. um people are like oh yeah oh marlin's doing really well and what are you what are you and i'm like 
uh, Marlon and I are, it's like apples and oranges, baby. Like, yeah. he's young and uh, unattached and he can fly do it <laughs> yeah. all yeah. and that's awesome and yeah. um i'm at a different place in my life and i'm really really happy at the place in my life and i it's a challenge juggling family yeah. and children and a music career but i i am doing what i can do and i'm really really satisfied and content getting to do both i'm really in a p- very fortunate position of having you know, a part, a husband who um, is totally equal parenting, always supports my music, has never said anything discouraging about it. Um, does he is, is he musically inclined beyond being supportive of you? Not at all. That's probably really good, right? <laughs> That's actually, yeah, yeah, it's probably the perfect combination. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he totally supports what I do and... He pushes me out of my comfort zone to do things that I would kind of go, oh, I don't want to do that. And he'd go, you can do it, you know, and that's the perfect person to have kind of, he's, he's my champion. You know, he's the one that can push me forward and likes being in the shadows, does not want to be in the the spotlight. He's not on the red carpet with you. He doesn't enjoy that at all. I have to pretty, I have to sweet talk him into that. Yeah. But uh, he'd prefer to be home with the boys and uh, yeah. doing his thing. And he's got his his whole other career as well. Yeah. And um, so it's a lot of juggling and a lot of work and a lot of challenge. But it's a beautiful place to be. And I'm really, really blessed to yeah. be in that position. It feels like you get the, you know, like that show last night. That's a reward mm. in and of itself. You know, it's part of the puzzle. Yeah. But you get that sort of... Um, oh, every time you yeah, perform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, yeah. play with those guys. Yeah. It's like, what a treat. Yeah. But that's... Uh, but it, it, it feel. I mean, I keep coming back to this because it, it just fascinated me. It feels like all of you on that stage feel that about each other mm-hmm. the whole time. And that should be what it's like. But that's actually really fucking rare to, to, oh, to feel yeah. that in music. Oh, you yeah. Know? To, it is. And yeah. then you you know feel that afterwards obviously in, in whatever way you got you know you go off and, and reflect on it in whatever way but it comes across mm-hmm. that you're all digging it and what each other is doing at the time oh that's cool that's and, cool and I think there was a very also it sounded great like that room sounded really great last night and oh, that's Bernie, Bernie I was going to say Bernie <laughs> did a fantastic job as he often does but I think like I was talking about it um with Ziggy briefly afterwards and I think like a big part of it is you know obviously he's he's really good at his job and getting better all the time but it's like that great old thing of he knows that particular room so well he's worked that room for so long now mm. that um he's getting it sounding pretty good yeah. pretty much all the time yeah 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 but you guys had had certainly had something you know between you and him mm. and the people digging it it felt quite right Mm. yeah no it was it was a it was a good one and that is definitely one of the rewards and that's you know if i can make a living doing what i love that's success to me you know um tonight you get to go and shut down a place (laughs) (laughs) yeah isn't that nice (laughs) that's that's my legacy right there (laughs) nielsen shut the place down yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I played in a covers band. We we played a lot of places once. You know, we yeah. <laughs> we we, we, sh- we shut a lot of joints down. And convinced convinced them that live music wasn't a good idea. You know, so <laughs> oh, no, here's approved right here. Um, hey, is there anything else we need to plug? I don't think so. I don't think so. What? Just upcoming stuff, I guess. I mean, it's it's all kind of one-off shows, not tours, mm. so you don't, you know. Mm. Um, just, we've got the, the Christchurch Jazz and Blues Festival, and um, yeah, and then just working at the moment on um, heading back to North America for the, the Don't Be Afraid album release in September. Yeah, yeah. A year after it's been over here, yeah. so they're like, "You're not just coming as, out with another one, just are you?" Just as you're about to debut your live album, yeah, yeah, yeah. curated by Simon and Sweetman um, with the banjo on the cover. Yeah, yeah, brave, exactly. Brave choice. Brave choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's all in in the pipeline, and so yeah, and and oh, I just found out the other day there. I'm getting talk about sinks. One of the songs is getting um, used on Nashville, which is like a guilty pleasure. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I haven't actually watched that yet, but I want that to be a guilty pleasure. It is I can, a guilty pleasure. I can tell. I'm There's gonna... definite cheese dog yeah, moments yeah. where you're like, "Oh god, this is it's so bad that it's good." I'm gonna yeah. visit that place on TV for a week and love it, and then yeah. you know, <laughs> leave and 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 not go back. That's, I can tell that already about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You'll get hooked. Yeah, you'll get. I'm, yeah. I'm an addict now. Yeah. 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 Sure. Hey, well, thanks for uh, coming and talking to me, especially since I, I don't think I've ever had a conversation that's gone so long with someone who's been on a worst albums list that I've <laughs> together. So I think you got to invite some more. <laughs> I, well, that's absolutely part of the aim of this, you know. I think is the idea is to just, uh, you know. I'm really trying to push beyond the 15-minute phone interview because mm. it's bullshit, you know. And I, I, I keep sort of saying this to people now, but, you know, you must think it's bullshit a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, you it's definitely, necessary evil. It's really nice when you get to dig deeper and not just kind of answer the same pat mm. questions, mm. you know. What's it like working with Marlon? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be the one that's yeah. in every interview. I really yeah. have to come up with better, better answers than picking up his dirty underwear, but <laughs> although it's the truth, so... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a nice metaphor for a, it's a shitty job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's it like? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, well, thanks heaps. As, as, as I say, it's been uh, it's yours is a, a fascinating career for me to to watch and hear sort of blooming. Oh, and I mean that sincerely. It's it's uh, you know you've you've put out two of my favourite records of recent times quite quickly. And uh, and so yeah, it was great to get to know you a bit. It's been time